Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Christmas. And uh, Ralph's discovery is a good one. Good things can come in small packages. Indeed, surveys show that amongst the most popular gifts this year are gift cards, jewellery, perfume, money, the iPhone 7, preferably in silver soup. They're, they're all pretty small. And so it may be that that big present under the tree back home may not turn out to be the best one you're going to get today. It could be that little one pushed right up the back that you haven't even noticed yet. Some really good things can come in small packages. That is certainly the case with Jesus' birth, as Ralph discovered, but it's also the case with how Matthew's Gospel describes Jesus' birth. Because in Matthew's Gospel, which was the first of our Bible readings this morning, the good news of Jesus' birth is wrapped up in three small words. These are three words that come just after the angel has told Joseph that Mary will give birth to a son and they will give, call him the name Emmanuel. And then, so that we don't miss the significance of that name, Matthew adds, they shall call him Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Now that is a good thing in a small package. That is an astonishing truth in a very short sentence. Nine letters. And yet I defy anyone to say anything that is more earth-shattering than those three short words. God with us. I know you've probably got a lot on your mind this morning. Please try and think about this. Even if you've heard it before, maybe especially if you've heard it before, do not rush past this too quickly. God with us. Think about that first word, God. This is the God who is the creator, sustainer and ruler over absolutely everything. This room, this lectern, this building, the chair you're sitting on, You, me, everyone in this room, everyone on this planet, we are only here because of this God. Without this God's ongoing permission, nothing exists. If you think to do it tonight, they say it's going to be a clear night, go out and have a look at the stars. There's there's a lot of them. They reckon there's 70,000 million, million, million of them. That's a 70 followed by 22 zeros. There are quite literally more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on this entire planet. A scientist in WA did the maths. God made every single one of them simply by speaking. Back at our place, we've got a piano that I cannot even budge when I put my full weight behind it. God creates a universe. Doesn't even break a sweat. Just has to say the word. This is the God who the Bible describes as being engulfed in splendour and majesty. This is the God whose glory fills the entire earth. This is the God before whom mountains tremble and the whole world quakes. This is the God before whom the nations are like a drop in a bucket. This is the God before whom the world's superpowers register as nothing more than a speck of dust on a set of scales. This is the God who simply has to have the thought cross his mind and this entire world would disappear in an instant. God 
maker, sustainer, ruler of every single thing. And look, I realise this morning that some of you may not actually believe in this God. I get that. Some of you might be here this morning because, you know, it's Christmas, part of the tradition, you go to church. Maybe you're staying with a family and you've come along with them, which is great. Don't get me wrong. We love it that you're here. But it might be that you're here and in all honesty, honesty, you're not convinced that this God even exists. This is where the second word of our little word package this is where it comes in its, in its, into its own. God with us. Doesn't say God made us. Doesn't say God notices us. Doesn't even say God loves us. As, as, as nice as all those things are, it's about God physically being with us. Can you even get your head around that? The God that we've just been thinking about, you know, the one who made all those stars, God came out of a girl's womb and he had arms and legs and lungs and kidneys and (laughs) it'd be laughable if it wasn't true because remember this isn't this isn't just a simply a a nice story I mean you know it's Christmas there's lots of nice stories floating around flying reindeers talking snowmen uh, red and green elves there's lots of fun things that we surround the day with but God with us is a different category this is history this is real and because it's real it's mind-boggling I noticed up at the mall this year uh, they again had a nativity scene in one of the aisles there's a little model of Jesus and Mary and Joseph in a glass case in the middle of a walkway and I mentioned it last year and exactly the same thing happened with it last year like this year literally no one notices it Everyone is rushing past it. No one looks at it, except perhaps to step around it because they've got to get to a shop uh, to buy something. Meanwhile, a few metres down the aisle, there's Santa's little kingdom, and it's usually packed. People are smiling and laughing and waving at Santa. Down at the nativity scene, not a soul. Now, I know that that's perhaps not a fair comparison. One's a static statue, the other's a real person with photos being taken. But still, it ought to be exact opposite. I mean, when you think that the nativity scene would be packed with people because if we actually get what is being depicted in that scene, you couldn't help but pause and gaze at it and stare at the statue and just wonder how amazing that first Christmas was. The God of all the universe has turned up as a baby. And if you'd been in the right place at the right time, you could have held God in your arms. The implications are endless. If you are here this morning and you are unsure about whether there's a God, you don't have to be unsure anymore. He's taken the guesswork out of it. He exists. He's come here to show us. In fact, when the baby grew up into a man, Jesus totally showed us that God is with us in the way he operated, the way power and authority and wisdom just oozed out of him and crowds would flock to Jesus because they could see that he was extraordinary and Jesus would walk up to people in the middle of their daily routine and he'd tell them that he was so important that they should drop everything and follow him and they did. 
And then to show how important and powerful he was, he would calm storms and he would heal sicknesses and he would walk on water and he'd turn water into wine to show that God was indeed with us. Which throws emphasis on the last word, God with us. It's the shortest of the two words, two letters, but it might actually be the most thought-provoking one of all. In the sense of, why would God want to be with us? Think about it. For starters, here we are living on a pretty small-sized planet compared to others, circling around a pretty modest-sized star compared to others, on the edge of what astronomers reckon is a pretty puny galaxy compared to others, all in the back blocks of a massive universe. And so if you were to picture the universe as a really big house, like an enormous mansion, it's as if we're all living on a speck of dust in the corner of a wardrobe. And God comes to be with us? Really? And then if that's not enough, here we all are, We're like little pipsqueaks all shaking our puny little fists at the God of all the universe because that's effectively what we do. He gives us life, everything in it, and yet more often than not we just ignore him, we take him for granted, or we only ever call on him when we want something or when we're in trouble. That's an awful way to treat anyone, especially of all God. And yet still he comes in person to be with us. And then if that's not enough, God's not even here to punish us for shaking our fists at him. He's here to help us. Because that's the wonderful message of Christianity, that, that when the baby Jesus grew into the man Jesus, he willingly died in our place on the cross. And instead of us facing punishment for the way we treat God, Jesus willingly takes our place and is punished on our behalf so as to restore things between him and us, so as to give you and I the opportunity of a life with God we simply don't deserve. You roll that all together, and it is extraordinary that God is here with us. A, that he notices us in the first place. B, that he's here to help us and not punish us. C, the the sacrificial way in which he does help us. God with us. Extraordinary. And it can flood your life with so much hope and so much comfort and so much possibility. Here at church, we're going to be thinking about this over the next few weeks as we explore what happens when Jesus, God with us, meets up with different types of people. We're going to see what happens when God meets sick people, desperate people, unpopular people. We're going to see what happens when God meets a do-gooder, respectable sort of person. We're going to see what happens when God even meets a prostitute and a criminal. We'd love you to join us because we're going to see time and time again that God with us is wonderfully good news in a small package which is exactly what Matthew was getting at back in our reading when we heard about Jesus' birth. Because I don't know if you noticed it or not uh, in our readings earlier, but Matthew is by far the most subdued of our two readings. The Bible has two accounts of Jesus' birth in it, one in Matthew, one in Luke. We heard a reading from each. And did you notice the difference in tone between them? In Luke, 
which was the second of the readings, it's all excitement and joy. In Luke, everyone is singing. In the chapters leading up to our reading, Mary is singing, Mary's relative Zechariah is singing, and then in our reading, multitudes of angels are singing, and shepherds are roaming around the landscape, glorifying and praising God. If you were to make a movie out of Luke, it would be a musical, and it's like one big Christmas party. Because Luke wants us to sense the excitement of Jesus' birth. But in Matthew, there is no manger, there is no star, there is no heavenly choir. In Matthew, no one is singing. In Matthew, Mary and Joseph don't even say a word. It's almost as if they are just shell-shocked at what's happening to them. And we see it all through, through Joseph's eyes, the eyes of presumably a broken-hearted young man. His fiancée is pregnant, and it's not his baby. Technically, he could have her stoned for, to death for this, but Joseph's a gentle person, and he just wants a quiet divorce and to try and move on with his life. And it's into that almost gloomy scene that, that Matthew drops these three words. God with us. And it's suddenly as if someone's just turned on this massive, almost blinding ray of hope. It's like driving down around Dubbo, looking at all the the house Christmas lights, and you go down the street and all the other houses are dark and gloomy and you almost can hardly see them until you reach this one house that has so many lights everywhere and it's so bright it just sort of burns into your retina so that you see it for hours afterwards whenever you close your eyes. That's the effect of these three little words within the gloom of Matthew's account. They just leap off the page. Because whereas Luke wants to excite us, Matthew particularly wants to comfort us. He wants to reassure us that even in this messy world, God's with us. It's good news in a small package. I'd love you to be encouraged by it this morning. Because maybe there are some times that you feel the way Joseph felt that first Christmas. Maybe there are times when you feel sad, times when you feel disappointed, times when you feel confused about the way your life is turning out. Maybe there are times when you feel insignificant or overlooked or ignored. Maybe you're feeling that this morning. Please know that's not how God sees you. In the dark and the mess, there is a light. Even in confusion and fear, there is hope. Even behind joy and laughter... There's more. There is a God. He's been with us. And he wants you to be with him for all eternity. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. It means God with us. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the good things that are probably going to happen this day, but thank you most of all that we celebrate you coming to be with us. Thank you for that. Thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the things he did for us as a man. 
thank you for the opportunity that we have of things being restored between us and you because of you coming to be here. Father, we don't deserve any of it, but we humbly accept it and thank you for it. Father, today, all glory to you. Amen.